Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Romans, chapter 9. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would trust in you, that you are in control, and that you are doing what is best. And as your little children, we would have faith and trust that you are doing what is best. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 9. I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears witness to me in the Holy Spirit that my grief is great and there is constant distress in my heart. For I could wish myself to be accursed from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my fellow countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belong the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises, to whom belong the patriarchs, and from whom is the Christ, according to human descent, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as if the word of God had failed. For not all those who are descended from Israel are truly Israel, nor are they all children because they are descendants of Abraham. But in Isaac will your descendants be named. That is, it is not the children by human descent who are children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as descendants. For the statement of the promise is this, At this time I will return, and Sarah will have a son. And not only this, but also when Rebekah conceived children by one man, Isaac, our father, for although they had not yet been born or done anything good or evil, in order that the purpose of God, according to election, might remain, not by works, but by the one who calls, It was said to her, The older will serve the younger. Just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What then shall we say? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. For to Moses he says, I will have mercy on whomever I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I have compassion. Consequently, therefore, it does not depend on the one who wills, or on the one who runs, but on God who shows mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very reason I have raised you up, so that I may demonstrate my power in you, and so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Consequently, therefore, he has mercy on whomever he wishes, and he hardens whomever he wishes. Therefore you will say to me, Why then does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? On the contrary, O man, who are you who answers back to God? Will what is molded say to the one who molded it, Why did you make me like this? Or does the potter not have authority over the clay to make from the same lump a vessel that is for honorable use and one that is for ordinary use? And what if God, wanting to demonstrate his wrath and to make known his power, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, And he did so in order that he could make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory. Us, whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As he also says in Hosea, I will call those who are not my people, my people, and those who are not loved, loved. And it will be in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There they will be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, 
Even if the number of the sons of Israel is like the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. For the Lord will execute his sentence thoroughly and decisively upon the earth. And just as Isaiah foretold, If the Lord of hosts had not left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom and would have resembled Gomorrah. What then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness, even the righteousness that is by faith? But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, did not attain to the law. Why that? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if by works. They stumbled over the stone that causes people to stumble, just as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that causes them to fall, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. At the end of chapter 8, Paul gave some very strong arguments that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So now, in chapter 9, Paul addresses an issue that is very close to his heart. The unsaved Jews. He tells us he could wish to be accursed if it would mean that his fellow Israelites would be saved. That reminds us of Moses and his prayer to God when the Israelites sinned. Paul tells us that he is not lying, so that we understand he really means it. He lists several things that Israel received, ending up with Christ, God. So, how can this be that some of God's chosen people are not saved? Paul says that it is not the word of God that has failed. He shows that God has been choosing just some of the people all along, starting with Abraham. God didn't choose his oldest son, Ishmael, but instead, Isaac. Then Isaac had twins, so they could hardly be closer, and yet, God chose the younger, Jacob. So then, the natural question is, can God choose and still be just? Paul says, yes, God is the creator, and God can choose who to have mercy on. Paul says we cannot question the creator. He gives some what-if ideas about God choosing some for salvation and others for wrath. His point is that God is well within his rights to do this. So Paul says that the Gentiles found righteousness by faith. While many Jews were trying to find righteousness by law and failing, they stumbled over the stone of Christ. And now for a deeper dive. If we only read this chapter, we might come to the conclusion that we are just robots controlled by God and have no say in the matter. There are two ideas in the Bible that with our human minds we cannot understand. The one presented in this chapter is that God can and does make all the decisions. The other is that we make our own decisions and are accountable for those decisions. The term many people use for the first is the sovereignty of God. The term for the second is free will. How can we have free will while God is sovereign? Well, we can fall off the log either way. We can say there's no free will, or we can say that God isn't sovereign. But how can we understand both of these things to be true? Paul doesn't really answer that question. Paul gives some what-if statements here, but I would suggest we should not be too sure that those are really the answer. Paul is saying God would be within his rights to do those things. But maybe 
we wouldn't understand the full answer with our human minds. So we just have to trust that God is just and that we do have choices that we need to make correctly. In other words, we need to believe God, to have faith. And that is what Paul said that the Gentiles had that led to their salvation. We have to remember that we are little children and we don't understand everything and trust our Father who adopted us. We need humble faith. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.